Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, you've been teaching online at Columbia, and we're going to talk about your topic today because it's a pretty amazing topic, traumatic loss during childhood, right? Yes, I am talking about how having somebody die basically changes your entire life and you grieve it for the rest of your life and it and how does it transform and change over time so we're going to look at like what happens i mean today is scott's anniversary date he, your brother who was killed in 1983 yep he and scott he and matthew my cousin died together in a very traumatic car accident and how does that impact me today you know 30 plus years later when it's been 35 years mm -hmm. 36 years so how is that still impacting me and how has it changed and transformed? Because the, the grief changes and it transforms. So we're going to talk about that today. And we're also going to talk about it with our guest, who's one of our favorite people. We love her, Ann Castaldo. And Ann is the president and founder of the Tony Brown Foundation. She is very involved in the grief and loss world. She speaks all over the country. Um, she basically was in charge of the Compassionate Friends National Conference last year, and she is here to talk about her own loss when her son Tony died. Thank you very much. It's so Ann, tell us a little bit about Tony and how you started on this journey. Okay, well, Tony was 24, full of life, um, living it to the fullest. He was a couple of weeks from graduating film school in Florida, wow. and um, he came down with a rare blood disease um, which he could have survived with. He, it was something that he could live with. But unfortunately, um, there was a medical error and he'd never made it home from the hospital. So, um, but, you know, we, we live our lives now. It's been nine years in July. Yes. And I have to tell you, I, it's odd to say this, but I'm just so grateful for the time that we've had with Tony. I'm grateful for all the memories that we share. Um, the boys and I, he has two other siblings, and we just laugh about them. Yesterday was Easter, and we spent the day telling stories about Tony. Um, just, it. it organically happened to it. It wasn't anything that just, you know, somebody mentioned something, and the story came up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, remember when your brother? And we were laughing and sharing, and it's a great place to be now. So. Now, how old were the, his siblings when he died? Okay, so Tony was 24, making Danny 27, and David would have been 29. Mm -hmm. and, and they yeah. lost their baby brother. That was the youngest. Absolutely. And David's birthday was just three weeks. His 30th birthday was three weeks after Tony's death. Um, so that was odd because we had a big party planned. Mm -hmm. And in true Tony fashion, um, with my boys call, we, we went ahead and celebrated David's birthday still because they're like, that would be what Tony would want. Tony was all about the partying and having a good time. And, and we did. And it's odd to say, I know it was grief and um, shock, but we did have a good time. Um, mm -hmm. We enjoyed it. And we, you know, Tony was with us as he always is. Mm -hmm. um, but it was difficult for their boys. They lost their dad. So maybe four years before that to colon cancer too. So, oh. you know, they're, they've gone through a lot of loss, um, mm -hmm. but they're, they're doing well. So as a mom of boys, yeah. what do you find works? Because what I hear a lot, and this will not surprise you, is that parents are always coming up to me saying, Heidi, I'm really concerned about my boys because they're not talking. Right. And I worry that something's wrong with them because they're not talking about the loss. So right. 
advice would you have and what would you say to these parents? And, and but may I say girls too. I think uh, don't parents come and say their kids aren't talking to them also. They, Absolutely. They do. They do. It's a very common subject. I mean, I, I facilitate compassionate friends meetings and I also hold our own uh, meeting with the Tony Brown Foundation. And this is something that we talk about all the time is your, you know, the other siblings, how mm -hmm. they're dealing with this, what they're doing. And I, you always hear the same thing, you know, why aren't they talking about their brother? Why aren't they talking about their sister? How do I help them? Personally, I don't think there's much we can do to help them other than leave them alone, let them know we're here for them. And, you know, I'm the type of person who I know that people don't talk about Tony, didn't want to talk about him, they were afraid. I brought him up. I talk about David and Danny, they're alive, they're well, something reminds me of them, I talk about it. So I did the same thing with my boys and Tony. Whenever something, oh, I'd be like, remember your brother, do you remember this? And it took years, but now they, um, so I'll tell you a very interesting story. Tony's birthday was March 9th. He would have been 33 years old. Wow. And yeah, so I usually used to reach out to my boys and what do you want to do? It's your brother's birthday. What do you want to do? This year I left them alone. I didn't say boo to them. I thought, you know what, let me see what happens. I don't want to push what I need, my needs onto them. That's something I feel very strongly about. Um, David was away, but Dan called me up the morning of Tony's birthday. He's like, mom, what are you doing today? I'm like, well, I, I, you know, I don't know, not much. Um, well, can I come over for dinner? I'm like, <laughs> like, um, and I found that if you leave them alone, they will reach out to you. And, you know, we usually make London broil, Tony's favorite meal. And I knew he was watching what he ate. So I said, well, we can have pasta or whatever, you know, fish or whatever you want. He goes, well, no, I thought we'd have London broil, mom. <laughs> you know, so they do come around. Um, but I think giving them that space to do what they need and grieve how they need to is very important to do. I think one of the things that we know is that kids respond the way their parents do. Yeah. And she has a, such an open way of dealing with those boys. Isn't yeah. that what some of the research shows, Heidi, that the parent kind of lead this, leads the way or the family members? Absolutely. And, and if there's a strong parent-child bond, it's helpful. And the thing that I like about Anne, Mom, is that when her, when her boys, she gives the boys space. Mm -hmm. and, and it sounds like, Anne, even when you brought up Tony, if, the, if your boys didn't respond, that was okay. Absolutely. Like you didn't have an expectation that they would say, oh, thanks for bringing up Tony, Mom. That's great. Let's talk right. more. <laughs> no, and a lot of times they wouldn't. It was just my, you know, I would just say it so they knew that it was okay. Like it was okay for them to talk or it was okay for them not to. You know, Compassionate Friends holds a candle lighting every year. And mm -hmm. in the beginning, it was very important for me to have my boys with me. Um, mm -hmm. And now neither one of them attend and it's okay. And I finally gave them, I think, the correct kind of permission to not come by telling them, if you come and you're uncomfortable, that just makes me feel bad. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, it's one thing to say, it's okay if you don't come. They hear those words, but they also hear, I'd really want you there. Mm -hmm. And when I finally said to them, I don't want you to be there if you're going to be uncomfortable, I think a weight was lifted off of my shoulders and their shoulders because mm -hmm. I wasn't at the event constantly saying, oh, look at Danny sitting over there. He doesn't want to be here. Mm -hmm. I was fine because I knew they were happy and they were okay because they knew I was where I needed to be. Did and you did you ever feel early on, Anne, that you and Jeff, your husband, did you ever feel that you guys were grieving to the point where the boys 
we're worried and we're taking care of you or not? Um, early on, Danny, this is, this, you'll, you'll love this. Danny called me up and said, mom, I need to meet you for coffee. Now my son doesn't drink coffee. <laughs> so I thought this was a little odd, but he wanted to meet at a coffee shop. So we went and he said, I'm very concerned about you. Mm. You're not grieving correctly. Something's yeah. wrong, mom. You have two other boys. You have to remember that. You know, yeah. it can't be all about Tony. We're worried. And we had this big, long conversation. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm doing fine. I'm going out. I'm doing, you know, I, I couldn't understand it. But we had this great conversation. He got everything out. And I responded how I thought I needed to. Um, but a few months later, he went to an event for his work in New York City, and he met this gentleman who had lost his son 12 years ago. Mm. And he called me up. He said, Ma, I am so sorry for what I said to you. He goes, this gentleman, I could have said, look, there's pink unicorns flying in the sky. And he would have said, do you know my son hated the color pink? <laughs> everything I said to this gentleman came back to the death of his child. He goes, and I suddenly realized that there is nothing I can do to help you except be there. Wow. And so I was fortunate that he had that experience that helped shed some light on what he needed to, you know, how, where his mother was in her grief. Mm -hmm. um, but to this day, they're, they're still, um, I don't think they want to protect me. I think they think I'm strong enough to handle it, which, you know, that's, that's their choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, Heidi, you make the point that uh, kids are really scared, right? Yes, yes. We're scared when we see our parents. I was 20 when Scott died, and, and my, I'd never seen my parents that vulnerable. Right. And, and I was scared that, that they weren't going to snap out of it, basically. I mean, that they were going to be, you know, absolutely destroyed for the rest of their lives. And my life as I knew it was changed, but that my parent, I was so afraid that I was never going to get my parents back at all. Right. Um, I'd never seen them cry at that level. I'd never seen them so distraught ever. It was, you know how bad it is at the beginning. It's, it's oh, yeah. pretty overwhelming for kids yeah. and to I think, parents like that. Right. And I think my boys were afraid of that too. Yeah. Um, but I try, and it's something that is very important to me. I have a tattoo that I got of Tony after mm -hmm. he passed away. Yeah. And recently I redid it because I look at it now and it's the death of my child. And I'm like, yeah. I'm bigger than that. I have three boys. So mm -hmm. I added some music notes that connected my boys to it because it actually, to me, was sad. I mean, the death of a child is sad, but this tattoo was a representation of what I lost and not what I had, and I needed mm -hmm. to make it more about what I had. So I added the boys to it. So as your um, transformed, it transformed. Where is it? Can we, can we see it, or is it in a um, weird Possibly. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> So it was so interestingly, two boys, you know, I wanted to put the, that's Tony's signature and I wanted to put their signatures on either side. And one of them said, no, it's a memorial tattoo. I don't want my name there. Uh -huh. So what I did was when I was going through a divorce with their dad, there was a song that carried me through a very rough time. And I put the music notes because music is something that connects my boys. And I put the music notes to that song underneath it. So I know what it is. Hi, Talk a little bit about um, your about kids feeling like they're not enough for the parents at times. Oh, well, I, yeah, and you probably got this, but yes, it, it's hard because you know Tony and Scott take up a big amount of emotional energy in the family. Absolutely, they take up a lot. So I don't know if this was ever an issue for the your family at all. Just like, okay, are we enough? And is it are we enough 
by ourselves without Scott and Tony. So, yeah, and I think that's very important because they never felt they were, Tony overshadowed the boys since the day he was born. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, they felt that. And I do remember at one point them saying to me, you know, like, Tony was your favorite when he was alive, you know, and now he's your favorite dead and we can't compete with that. Um, right. I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, to the same token, that's kind of the essence of what they were saying. Like, don't make it all about Tony. We're here and we're alive and we deserve your attention too. And what I noticed was with myself, and we all struggle with photographs, you know, and how do you do this? And yeah. I was one of the person, I have photographs all over my house of my family. And after Tony died, I found myself positioning my boys to where they would be, where there was a picture of Tony in the background, or we have Tony's ashes on, on the mantle, you know, that just, they didn't realize I was doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I did either to what extent, but Tony was always somewhere in the pictures. And it took me years to be able to take family photos of just the boys and Jeff and I and put those in frames out. I would take the photos, but I didn't frame them and put them out. Um, and I think they felt that there was this. Tony wasn't in them. Right. I just, it wasn't my family, but it took a few years and now you know, I have pictures of the boys and their girlfriends and they're all out, but it's an interesting aspect because it's almost like you're saying, they're not enough. Um, and you have somehow we have to validate that they are. I don't know what the answer is. I just know how I can do it. I try real hard to constantly make them aware that I still, you know, I love them and always will. And, you know, we joke about who's the favorite now. Um, and they still say it's Tony. Um, you know? <laughs> and not because of his death, but just because Tony took up so much space in our lives. He was always, he was kind of the glue that kept our family together. I can relate to that a lot because Scott was the only boy and he was in the middle of a sea of girls, sisters, and we all loved and adored him. Right. So it was like the girls kind of competed. We all the girls competed against each other, but we didn't really compete against him because he was the boy, right. and we just loved on him. And so I totally identify with that. And I think, Anne, it's really hard to wrap your arms around your new life, the next chapter, and like right. the struggle of okay, putting out stuff without Tony in it is is the struggle of okay, who are we now without Scott and Tony physically here? Right. And how do we wrap our arms around our new identity? as a family without them. And, and, it, and that's part of the healing process, but it, it's a struggle and it's a dance because you're, right. kind of, you're kind of fighting with it as you, as you move forward into the next chapter. <laughs> yeah, and I think just being honest with everybody involved, you know, um, my, my brothers, my mother, my, my kids, I'm a very open and honest person. So if somebody says something I don't like, I usually will tell them. And I, you know, I always try to preface it with, please don't take offense or I'm not telling you this because I want to make you sad. But even when I was at work, you know, I would talk about Tony and so I'd be like, I'm, you know, please let me share something with you. I lost my son. And I'm like, I'm not doing this for sympathy. It's just something that some people need to know and hear. Um, mm -hmm. Recently, someone had told me they were saved by prayers, you know, Oh, you know, my life was saved. And I sat with that for a long time because you think, well, why wasn't my child saved from prayers? Why mm -hmm. didn't all this work for yeah. my family? Um, and rather than let it eat at me and eat at me, I felt the need to express this. Like, I'm not mad at you. I don't, 
I'm not upset with you. I don't hate you for saying that. I trust what you believe. But just know when you're saying that to someone who's lost a child or lost someone where the prayers didn't save them, that it's going to kind of turn a little knife. Yeah. Um, so. Okay, so we're going to um, wind up the show right now, but I want you to tell people how to find you at, uh, on the web, and then I want you to give a little pitch with the, for the Compassionate Friends National Conference coming up. Okay. Well, interestingly enough, the next chapter in our lives, the Tony Brown Foundation is kind of on hold right now. Um, my boys and I were going through a revamping of it. So we have a little splash page. So the Tony Brown Foundation is going through some exciting changes, and it is the TonyBrownFoundation.org. We're still posting stuff to Facebook, which is the same thing, but um, we're going to concentrate moving forward on doing good and gratitude and having fun with our foundation. So I love um, it. As yeah. Tony would have wanted. That's Tony all about exactly. the fun. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's a transformation as to where we are. And the Compassion Friends, I mean, it's a great conference. If you've lost a child, a grandchild, a sibling, by all means, go. There's tons of workshops. There's Healing Haven, Crafty Corner. So much to do. So much that you will touch your heart and touch your soul and just really help you along your grief path. Thank you so much for being on this show Thank today. And have you got one last message of a hope you want to give those folks out there? Absolutely. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and know that your child is always with you. Your loved one is always with you and trust trust your heart just trust in what you're doing and you will get through it awesome well thank you so much for being on and thank you for having me this is great Anne's one of my favorite people she is such a bright light in this world and she really does talk the talk and walk the walk and i know it's hard sometimes and i know that tony is the one that is really her inspiration because i know she thinks what would tony want and what would Tony want me to do right now? And he kicks her in the buns when she's feeling <laughs> and gets her back up again. And I love him for that. And I adore her too and love her. So love thanks. you guys. Thank well, you. Thanks, thanks everybody for watching this video today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless.